Hello ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and this podcast brings you the audio experience of GameDev.TV. Now, let's get right into the podcast. We're Gala Studio. It's a studio formed by two brothers, which is me and I, of course, uh, me and him, of course. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, as, a, as a fairly young studio, we just um, have been doing games for technically uh, four years, but we, we had a, a hiatus for some time and, and that, but yeah, we're we're back and we're now currently working on our uh, second game technically yeah hey that's awesome and you said gala studios gala studios yeah awesome so how was it like uh building the studio back four years ago well um as probably anyone would start we had not not idea what we were doing pretty well we just wanted to make a game really bad so we started constructing things and developing over that and just throwing things at it. And yeah, we came with a, with a simple game that we really wanted to develop. And we went, uh, yeah, we, we managed to launch our first game. And, and yeah, now we're working on the second one. Most awesome. One. What was the first game called? Um, the first game was called Culebra. Culebra. Oh, that's awesome. Well, what was that? It was a mobile game for the App Store on Android. Uh, it was an endless runner where you play as a snake. Just uh, uh, so we know, Colibra is actually snake in Spanish. Uh, so that's where the name comes from. And it was an endless runner where, again, you try to get as far as you go. It was on the App Store for, uh, for a while, like 2019, though fortunately it's no longer there. Uh, we uh, the what happened is that we had to update the app, but we could not uh, because unfortunately we lost the source code of the game because uh, or dog ate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, I put in a USB stick and uh, the dog took care of it. <laughs> Dang, like I said, so worth the wise. Make sure you have backups and backups. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. We lost both. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, how long have you been working on the second game? How long? Um, around, around two years. Two years. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna be a great game. I, I bet. I can't wait. <laughs> we too. <laughs> so, how'd you guys get started in game development? Well. Um, oh. Uh, so we got started just, we had an idea of a game we wanted to make. We got started just working on it. I use Game Maker Studio. As I had no programming experience, so that's what I got started with. I learned on the way, and we had this idea of let's just make a simple mobile game and release it on the App Store to get started. And my brother here took care of the art, and I learned as I went. Pretty much. I mean, we've been practicing with games since we're very young, so we always um, had this passion for games, and it all came came naturally. To be honest, yeah. That's awesome. Now, if you guys been, did you guys go to school for game development? Uh, For game development, specifically, not. But as an artist myself, I just focus my work after uh, after art school for video game development. Um, my major is for um, for illustration, or my, my, my degree is for illustration. And uh, yeah, then my work just naturally went into video games. So. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And same with myself I, as well. If uh, I do mention, I just learned programming. I didn't take any courses or, uh, or Specifically in game design, though I did take a class in a community college for programming, and that helped me a lot to get kickstarted into all the tools that I needed to better develop with the games that I wanted to make. Okay. Now, was it easy for you to learn programming, or did it take you a while? Uh, I would say I 
I had a hard time at first. I think that that's something everyone that gets into programming it goes through. Um, though I did get started in programming very early on, so it eventually became second nature. Not that it becomes easy. It's always uh, it's, it's always hitting your head against the wall. Uh, <laughs> okay. But eventually you get eventually you get used to hitting your head against the wall, and it becomes easier. <laughs> Unless you want to make wow, then you're always in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or GTA. There's also GTA clones. Yeah, Grant the thought right away. <laughs> I never go somewhere. Never yeah. But um, what tips would you have for someone trying to learn programming? Because it's always hard for a beginner to be like grasp all the stuff. And what advice would you have? Okay, so an advice I will give for people to get started in programming mm -hmm. is to first uh, learn the basics. Uh, by basics, I mean, uh, besides the obvious, learn what variables are, functions. Uh, I will say to learn best practices, as well as uh, things that in the industry people do to solve the problems, what is generally done, trying to get up with the standards. Because if you try to learn by yourself without learning those fundamentals, something that might happen is that you try to reinvent the wheel. And even though there were already solutions for the problem you're trying to get, uh, you uh, you basically try to do it a whole lot harder for yourself than you need to. So for people just uh, getting started, you would to learn the basics. And then from there, uh, they can better uh, develop the skills that they need specifically for what they want, either that being game development or anything else. Mm -hmm. no, that's I great also, advice. Could also, I could also add as a non-programmer, of course, um, <laughs> but something that I noticed from my brother here is that he started with a software that was fairly simple for standards, and that really gave him a, an easier time on getting the 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 things running for 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 the game and and polish his knowledge with less effort or at least having a better ground of what's going on. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Start simple, make it easy, get those small wins, and then you'll start to get the more complicated stuff as you go. Yes, yeah, that's then, a pretty common mistake. Like people get into games because they want to do a big project and they try to do it straight away. Their own engine and, and all that. Yeah, we yeah. want to build everything. That's understandable. I mean, I, I got into that trap myself several times. Uh, but the thing is that uh, if you, the sooner you learn that, uh, the better it will be. And you can more easily get started into doing the things that you actually want to do once you're ready. Mm hmm. No, that's true. And also, I like what you said about the uh, learning best practices. It's like there's books out there too, like Clean Code, and it's like you can learn all the stuff you need to do so that way when you go out there and work for people or for yourself, you can do things that's easier for your coworkers, anyone else to read your code, to understand it, to be like, okay, this makes sense. Like, for instance, learning on real syntax, you need to learn how that works because it's a little bit different from C++. Well, actually, a big, big difference. But stuff like that, you need to understand it so that way when you go out there and do it, you don't look like a fool. <laughs> You know, yeah, I never, I, that didn't even cross my mind, but you're right. It helps a lot when you have to work with a team of other programmers, and you have to bring people into your uh, project. It makes it a lot easier. Just everyone is on the same page. Mm -hmm. So what inspires you guys to make these games? Uh, well, uh, my personal reason that inspires me is that when I was a kid, I... I really enjoy games. I've been playing games for as long as I can remember. And I always had these ideas of games I will, will have liked to play. Uh, but, well, they didn't exist. I, I will have love for them to exist. And what inspires me is just uh, making those games that I will have loved to play then and also now. In my case, I would say that it's um, making characters and world or for the most part, the act of creating things is what inspires me. So, um, for example, I would start with an idea of a character and I further develop on that and the action of creating things just keeps, keeps the motion going on. It's like a cycle. I get inspired because I'm doing more, I'm doing things and then that like helps the cycle go and on and on and on, mm -hmm. I would say. 
Yeah, I feel like that's the same for me too. I just like build stuff and make it come to life. Yeah. So for illustrating, what would you say for beginners of illustration? Illustration? Well, we could always say that start simple, but <laughs> everyone throws that one, that one around. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, the basics are very important. And always look for critique, especially in the illustration uh, area, because something that happens fairly often is that uh, there's the thing that you don't know what you don't know. You can you can uh, you can think that your work looks great and maybe enough, or just it's uh, it's meeting the the expectations. But until someone points some things out to you, you will have not a real um, pers uh, not a, a good perspective of your work. I would say. Mm -hmm. So we might, I might add oh. it, so try not, try not to beat yourself too much, you know, because that can be toxic as well. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's, uh, it's like a 50-50, there's a sweet spot, of course, but yeah, definitely look for, for critique and be open about it, don't, don't take it personal, because you need it, but at the same time, you cannot let it um, uh, affect your, your mood or your, or your workflow. Mm-hmm. Now, what is you guys like specific workflow? Do you listen to music? Do you have like a planning board? How do you like set up your work area? Usually, manage in a in a fairly uh, casual way in which we have goals, certain goals, and we work out with those tiny um, tiny goals. And once they're complete, we start like further developing the the next um, uh, the next goal. Let's say and. Yeah, just by, by little by little we start arranging those. Uh, no, I do I do think when we decide to expand because right now we are two man team, mm -hmm. uh, that approach works pretty well. Uh, but when you get into uh, more like three or four people, and you start involving other people in the project, especially those that don't live alone with you, uh, it's a lot more important to have a firm structure of. The, what you're going to do, and um, you cannot wing it that much when you involve a lot more people. Yeah, there's there's definitely an advantage with us um, living in the same living in the same place and knowing each other, knowing the workflow of each other. So things just come out very naturally in that sense. But yeah, we try to keep it organized for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard, right? But yeah. it works out in the end. Yeah, yeah, I miss it when it goes away. <laughs> yeah, uh, the finding goals, I'd say it's very important. And nowadays you have many free tools online that you can just put your short-term goals, your medium-term goals, your long-term goals, and just so you have a view of where you're going, where you're at, what's your next landmark. Yeah, and Having sh short goals also helps with uh, morale because you're meeting goals fairly quickly. Because mm -hmm. the easiest thing uh, I get when I'm making my own games is that, yeah, I, I have some goals and some short-term goals, a bunch of long-term goals, and nothing in between. So I, like meet the first two or three, and then I lose all motivation. Dang. Oh wow! No, yeah, but I, I can relate. To that. It's really important to write things down just to, to keep track, and you don't. You don't go into a cycle just don't feel like you're not doing anything but if you write every, everything you you need to do and you're doing actually you look back at it and you are a lot more proud of what you have done yeah so, and also oh. ha having everything in a backlog and a tool you can see what you've already done so it's easy to look back and see oh my god i did so much let's keep mm -hmm. going instead of just getting it off your head and <laughs> trying That's a really also, important thing, though. Oh, continue. Oh yeah, sorry. And also for uh, posting things online for things as marketing or just to keep your social uh, media going, it gives you like clear landmarks of when you have something ready to post. Uh, if it's art assets, anything that can be promotional or just to communicate to people, when you have those little chunks, it's way easier to spread around to the to keep your your community going. Mm-hmm. Now, when you guys expand, are you uh, afraid you're going to lose like that like close-knit But when you add more people to the group? Or do you think it's just going to be the same? Well, definitely we would have to get more um, um, 
uh, there will be a lot more of communication involved if we expand, of course, since mm-hmm. us living together is just way too easy to just go to his room and tell him, hey, I need this. Oh, I need that. Yeah, uh, et cetera. It's, uh, it's way easier than going the, the Trello and making like 600 lists of things to do in, mm-hmm. in a way. But, but yeah, definitely we're going to miss it and things are going to change for sure as we expand. Yeah, no, it's a necessary evil, if I do say it like that. Like, uh, uh, honestly, as much as you think you can do by yourself, uh, getting that extra help and uh, is just it's so much better. And you'll know, you'll know when you get to the point where it just start getting too much for you. So, I, again, it's something that I can recommend. You know, when work starts getting a, a bit too much, getting an extra help is always the way to go. Mm-hmm. Now, have you guys done everything yourself, or have you asked anybody for like assets or music? For music, yeah, we uh, we hire someone for music. Everything else, we usually handle it ourselves. Oh, and for legal legal things, we mm-hmm. hire a lawyer. Always hire a lawyer. Don't do that if you can. That, of course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the annoying thing. Yeah, even if you don't need one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to give an example of, uh, if, of what can happen if you are not prepared, uh, the name we for our company, uh, Gala, it, it was okay for how many months? Like, for around six months. So we started producing naturally and, and getting getting assets ready for the thing. And all of a sudden, this company appears out of nowhere and has a claim against our name. And we have all these assets ready, six months of work. And yeah, it got pretty rough. Thankfully, our lawyer uh, helped us to get to an agreement and we managed to save the name. But it was pretty rough because the name wasn't even being used by the company. It's just the fact that they had it there as a, a, a name that was close to it, not even the same name. So there was no way we would have found that. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's messed up. I'm glad you guys got out with the name. Now, what advice would you give for someone who like needs wants to avoid that situation that you guys had? Do you repeat that again? What advice would you give to someone so they cannot uh, have the same situation you guys had? Oh well, um, there's always the possibility for it to happen uh, mm-hmm. because of the same reason. It was just something that was close enough to something that that was around the same type of uh, product that we were working on. It's just so loose that it's scary uh, how how that thing can happen. But anyways, I would suggest that for things like names, try to use words that are not conventional by any means. Even if you have to make something of like mixing words to create a new one or um, making long, long names to prevent that kind of issues, for example, um, we had um, Culebra the first time, and we had an issue with that one too, because there's the snake game, which means uh, a snake uh, that's the same. So therefore, we couldn't use Culebra because it was snake in Spanish. So uh, what we had to do is change the name to Culebra and the Souls of Limbo. We made it long enough to avoid that issue, and that's a way that you can prevent that kind of things. Okay. Yeah, using long names, maybe making or mixing, making up or mixing words to um, to avoid any relation to something else. A good example would be um, maybe let's see, uh, um, Activision. Activision, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you. I was thinking of Undertale too. But I wasn't very sure. Yeah, that's a, that could be a good one. Yeah, Bioware. Something cool. uh, (laughs) No one is, not everyone is lucky enough that you can find like a random weather phenomenon that happens to be cool and free, like Blizzard. (laughs) (laughs) Sundays when we're going to run out of cool names, we're going to have to use Blizzard 2 and Blizzard 23. Yeah, so use numbers. (laughs) Yeah. Make new words. We're getting there, we're getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if I might add on, on top of that, it's just a lawyer, again, going back to the lawyer, 
uh, he might tell you a lot of things that you might not be thinking of. And neither of us uh, don't have that much experience in that. A lawyer can basically give you all the heads up and everything yeah. to be wary about. Maybe he will tell you, hey, even if you can, if you like this thing, try to have two backup ones. Just to give you some example of my of my head. So do oh. you guys? Oh, what were you gonna say? Sorry, one more thing. Um, if you can hold hold up to the name until it's fully approved, um, and let's say six months or something, uh, do it. That that would be like the safest route uh, you can go. Just keep the name there and don't work on other assets and save all the promotional material for later, just to wait for the approval. You don't want to make six iterations of a logo. Yeah, you don't want that. That's too much time. It could have been spent on the gameplay. Do you guys want to talk about the new game that's coming up? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, um, so it's the Calibra and the Souls of Limbo? Yeah, it might be a bit confusing because I did mention the first game we worked in. Was, it was called Calibra as well. Uh, so we're using like the same characters and world, but it's a totally different genre. Mm -hmm. So just to give uh, what the game is about, the game is... Again, Culebra and the Sons of Limbo, you play as a main character, Culebra, who is an undead rattlesnake. That basically, he found himself in the world of Limbo. Limbo is a place where souls with unfinished business end up, and they are trapped there, repeating the same day over and over again. So you find yourself in that place, and what you have to do is just go around the, uh, and talk with the locals, as well as exploring around to gather information that will and, and items that will help you move forward to help them to ascend them. Yeah, you you might help the people there to to solve their issues, to break them off the roof and help them get out of there. And that will help you keep moving forward, getting rid of roadblocks. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I got a, a vibe from like Majora's Mask, which is like my second favorite Zelda game, by the way. Oh, perfect. It's my first. It's like my favorite game. <laughs> it's actually inspired on that game. Yeah, it's uh, we have a time loop. And yeah, it's it's very inspired on the side quest from Majora's Mask. That's like the main, oh. uh, main focus. Only Zelda game I 100%ed, so good choice. Oh. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> same here, same. <laughs> oh, wow. What a content. That's nice. First city must is really cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was just put, showing the uh, the website. You guys have a nice website. I like it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it took a lot of work to get that responsive design working. So that it, works, <laughs> it works in, in mobile phones and and as well as computers, uh, you can, I mean, I, I guess you can imagine if you if you work on web design, uh, web programming, just how many tries you have to go through. Yeah, I guess the, the fact that we we um, didn't start it with a template that wouldn't be a bad approach just uh, made us go through this um, caveman process in, in which we just gather all the pieces to try and to, to create a a uh, good interface for the web page. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's really good. I like so, it. Did you guys make it yourself or did you use like website building sites? Oh, uh, we made it ourselves, yeah. Yeah, uh, it's made from scratch. And, yeah. Uh, oh, awesome. yeah, thank you, thank you. And you can, yeah, you can, we made our website to promote more information of our game. So we try to keep our latest information in there. And as well as a small summary on footage of the game we're working on, if by any chance you are interested. Um, yeah, we that's our webpage and what we're using it for. It's a good place just to check to see what's going on with us. Yeah, I guess I guess social or social media would be a good place to to follow track. We wanted to keep the page uh, simple, in mm -hmm. no matter that we would only put like the basic things there and for social media or, or constant feedback for our community, we would use the social media, which we have links there as well. But yeah, yeah. that's keeping it. So you got YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah. Insta Instagram and, tw and, and Twitter are the most active. For YouTube, yeah. we still 
working on it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool. I see a trailer coming along one day, and then a couple of gameplay videos to get yeah. people excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's really marketing is really. I think that's something uh, everyone has mentioned at some point, but it's something that uh, a lot of developers have issues with just uh, getting your game out there and standing out. It's really difficult, but it's uh, it's something that everyone has to do and stressing out how important it is. Yeah, yeah, we gamers tend to not be that social. <laughs> Yeah. So we have problems with yeah. social media. Yeah, and even when we are social, it's only with our group that we fight dragons with. No one else. <laughs> yeah, usually when we clash online, we kind of hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> we either hate each other or love each other. I can see where you're coming from. Honestly, uh, from my experience, it's really difficult to try to get an online presence because it's not something that I don't do normally. It's not something I would do unless you push me to. And well, I'm kind of being pushed to. But no, if you're having trouble, as, if anyone is having trouble as well, it's just keep pushing, keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, social media is a, it's a hard one. It's, it's a job of in itself. Nobody realizes that. They're like, oh, no, I'll just post occasionally and it'll be fine. And like you can do that if you have it like set up and, and have like stuff and assets and like gifts and all these little videos. But if you don't have anything, it's kind of hard to really show off what you want to show off because yeah. you're gonna have to, especially if you want to use different platforms like TikTok. If itself is something totally different than like Instagram and Twitter, and then Twitter too is more like word formatted and pictures, and Instagram is pictures. So it's like you have to like understand what you're trying to to show and provide and what type of people you're trying to reach. So it's it's a thing of itself, and I. I th- it could be its own podcast too and its own like discussion but i really think it's important and people should get more into it and learn about it more as much as learning about programming and illustration and stuff like that yeah exactly everything you say is spot on mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and, and you have to avoid the extremes because uh, uh when going deciding when to go to social media because you can either go too soon so you have nothing and you have just a Facebook page and like one concept art, or you can wait too long and then you're never creating a community. So there's that perfect spot in the middle that you have enough so people get hyped, but still have more to post. So you keep posting until the game comes out and you have time for people to start talking. Mm. Yeah. I- I'm oh, not yeah. going to pretend I know where that spot is. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. <laughs> it's there somewhere. Use the force. But no, I, I, I do would advise though that it would be better to do it sooner rather than later. It, it is bad if you do it too soon, but it's better. The negatives from doing it too soon are a lot easier to deal with than doing it too late. I think it depends though with that one. I think if you have a brand of yourself, I don't think. I think too soon for the game itself, but not too soon for yourself. Like, if you're be like, hey, this is what we're doing, this is who we are, blah, 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 boom. And then you're like, guys, hold on, coming soon. And then, then you start releasing stuff about the game. But I feel like you should always build, like, at least your brand, your presence. And then, oh, build, okay. yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing, too. It's like, there's a brand, and then there's your game you're promoting. And I think the best idea is to build your brand first as the platform for them to build the marketing for your game. And then it also, when you do that, maybe they don't like that game because they're like, I'm not into puzzle games. But the next game you make is an RPG, and they've been they've been following you because they like who you are as people. And they're like, hold on, I like RPGs. I'm going to look at this game, and then they buy your game. So stuff like that, yeah, things should be taken into consideration. Well, yeah, that's definitely a good approach. And to be honest, I never really thought about separating the brand and the games at the same time. I mean, in a way, yeah, we do it, but we never put much on the idea it's actually a very good advice yeah no that's awesome yeah there you go yeah thank you yeah there's that sweet spot too it's like gotta be a master at everything it's hard but when you get it you'll it'll work out for you now um what are some mistakes you guys made while on your game development journey and how'd you learn from them uh, well, if I talk from personal experience uh, on the programming area, so that might leak into some other areas as well, is that since I started programming when I started game development as well, I learned a lot of new tricks and tools halfway through development. 
Uh, now you can avoid that issue if you learn the basics first, as I mentioned. But at that point, uh, what will happen is that I will get excited because of all these new toys or tricks that I learned, and I want to apply them. I want to use them. Uh, what will happen is that I will compromise the game because I wanted to implement those new tricks, and I will just slow down development for no reason, even though the previous system was working because I want to try something new that that will slow it down. But no, yeah, uh, it's something to watch out for. Don't get too excited and try to be a really, try to give, when you learn something, try to give it some time before you try to implement it to see if that will be the better approach. If, another example where that will happen, even in the industry, more like in game development in general, is that it come, let's say a new engine comes out and the studio decides to change engine for the project midway through development. That's something that it's really terrible. So yeah, watch out, watch out for that. Mm -hmm. And as an artist, I would say that well, um, don't be a perfectionist, um, especially on every little bits of your game assets. Start with simple, sketchy stuff. Throw it there. See how it feels. Test it and test it and test it. And once you feel sure, start polishing it. Um, that I would also. That one's very important, but I think it's very self-explanatory. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I would also say when it comes to marketing, um, don't push your work to your friends, for example. Mm -hmm. um, as an example, um, sometimes you would have your new game, you're really excited about it, and you want to share it with everybody. Um, don't, don't try the, the go viral in your community. Um, people Usually people around you don't care about your game as much as you do, and if they want to help you, that's great. But don't constantly push it on them. Try to try to expand your game uh, into different areas, like um, maybe activities um, out there, going out for events or things like that. But don't uh, burn your game with um, with overexposure to your friends, because then they can get tired of it, and that can be detrimental for 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 your game and for and for your um, relations. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's but that's that's it. And don't let your dog eat your game. No. Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, <laughs> it sounds like it's from experience. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As we, <laughs> we mentioned, yeah, we had the the USB with the with the game, pretty much with all the assets there as a backup. The thing yeah, that just... messed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the dog chew on the USB, and yeah, we lost uh, our assets for the first game. As sad as it sounds, but yeah, that can happen. <laughs> yeah, you need. A local backup, an external backup, a backup of the backup, <laughs> version yeah. control of the backup. <laughs> but yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I, it just got lost. No, the dog ate it. Dang. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I learned my lesson from that. So we currently have the project both in my computer. We we also have a, a online version control. We have a server that basically holds the game. So. That's our one of our backups. We probably should have more, uh, so I should probably get working on that. <laughs> like Oprah, backup for you, backup, backup, backup for everyone. <laughs> everyone has backups. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't have pets. <laughs> oh no, and I, and I, I love that Ricardo. <laughs> oh man, he probably got hit that day with the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but what platform is the game going to be on? Is it going to be a PC, consoles, Android? We are currently planning to, uh, of course, release it on PC. That's our safest and, and platform that we we'll release for sure. And if we can, uh, for the Switch. Ooh, that'd be cool. Um, uh, honestly, almost any console that we can get, we, we can do from the main ones. So Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, if the, the more the better. The more the better. The, yeah. Those 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 are though as my brother mentioned, PC and Nintendo Switch are our main target. Mm-hmm. And we learned from our last podcast is make sure you uh you learn about the patch notes beforehand because I think the day before his game came out they had to do a patch and he was like, I don't know how to do a patch and they called him up and it took him forever. And it's Whoa. like stuff like yeah stuff like that that you think would be like oh easy to do it's like no it takes some time because you, you know, nobody really there's really no information about it online. Like, hey, yeah. Oh yeah, and 
never thought about it, but now that you mentioned it, I did hear that Blizzard had an issue uh, with Overwatch on consoles where updates arrive like a month later because they had to be pre-approved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, the console version was always like a three, three months behind, or not three months, that's so much, like a month behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nothing I would have ever thought about. Yeah, neither would I. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and it's Blizzard. Now think about you. Yeah. <laughs> well, significantly smaller than Blizzard, I assume. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I could say, yeah, we're a little bit smaller than Blizzard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least on the bright side, being small can make things run quicker if there's no so much approval in the middle. Yeah. yeah definitely, well, you're uh, smaller than Blizzard for now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you wait. Dream Just big. Just wait. <laughs> Give me three stars. years. Two weeks. Yeah. Amazon once was a guy sitting in a chair with a like sign <laughs> that was Amazon. So yeah, yeah. That was back yeah. in the day. And the same with Apple, and I almost mean almost uh, every industry, like mega corporation. I I I heard it started where he started in a garage or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a famous garage. Technically, I was working out one day and I was like, you know what, we should make a podcast. So this podcast was made in the garage. No. <laughs> <laughs> in a forum. Technically a forum. In a way. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, those moments when you decide you want to go forward and move it, those are the first steps, the first steps are the ones that are the most important ones. Is it you... Over and where you are right now. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, it's a the big important thing. Important thing is uh, find something you can do well and you like, and do it until you're very good. Like, don't waste effort and and stuff you don't like or that you suck at. Oh yeah, when it comes to No, I agree. It's like just just make it happen. Like, for instance, your game and stuff. You're putting it out there. You're making it happen, and you're gonna like show it to the world where some people they hide their game and they're like i'm gonna show it when it's ready and then they never show it <laughs> yeah like me yeah like, like ricardo <laughs> uh, yeah we, we we also my brother and i uh, that's something our first game suffer from we release it we don't happen to us uh with the first game already we made the whole thing uh we did zero advertisement and just we just released it out there in the world but nobody even knew the game existed in the first place so uh, you can you can kind of you kind of see how that went. Mm-hmm. You can make the greatest game ever, but if nobody knows about it, they won't play it. Yeah, I mean, if someone can be an Instagram model, you can use Instagram to promote a game. <laughs> Unless you get the Instagram That's... model to play the game. Yeah. Well, at <laughs> least one of those two is real. <laughs> <Shots fired. laughs> oh. okay. But yeah, but back to what you were saying, Ricardo. Like, just do it. Like, for instance, you guys made your studio. You went out there and just started making things happen. And it's just like more and more people need to start doing it, and then making the mistakes, and then learning from those mistakes. Because you can read about it, you can watch videos, you can listen to it. But if you don't actually do it, you won't understand what people are talking about. Like, yeah, you know, I, I'd say there's a perfect mix between making the mistakes and learning from them, and learning from other people's mistakes. I think mm-hmm. if you can mix those two well, you can do anything. Oh yeah, mm. it's, it's there's, a, there's a lot of things that you that I've very seen like from a outsider's perspective as well as But there's some issues or problems that you can only learn if you experience them yourself. Mostly because it happens internally and that information doesn't come out that often. Uh, but yeah, there's just so much you can learn from just trying something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like okay. avoid letting dogs near your USB devices. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's a pretty important one. The <laughs> little USB sticks with your whole source code, maybe <laughs> dog range. Yeah. I'm going to remember that forever. I'll be like old and be like, remember that one time those guys let their dog eat <laughs> <out> there? <laughs> You should totally have a dog eating some something weird Easter egg in your game. Oh, you should! Like a, like a dead dog. Yes. 
Maybe like a secret character. Yeah. For the next game. There's a cheat code for the game. If you install the game in a USB stick and eat it, you get to unlock the character. <laughs> well, I better get started researching how I'm gonna do that in the first place. But computer dump technology has to start somewhere. Exactly, yeah. start somewhere, no matter where it is. Now for the limbo, the uh, the characters, how'd you come up with them? Oh, that's another that's another uh, curious question. Uh, or, or funny question because um or good question sorry um the thing is that um the whole world was uh came up from a limitation on the first game so we wanted to make the game about a snake that would be swinging around uh, the, in the game but we couldn't make like the long tail and animate that properly so we had that limitation we couldn't like make a, a tail wave properly and follow the character in a good way. So what we ended up doing is that we made the character to be a skeleton, a snake. So we separated all the bones and that allows us to have separate pieces following the head around. And from there uh, came the whole limbo, um, the dead world, the, the art style, everything came up from that limitation. That was our main issue. I love it. Because I love seeing this like, I don't know, is that the bird with the hat on your website? The name is Cut. Cut the... no. oh. It looks kind of interesting. Uh, was it a parakeet? Par... Yeah. I'm not sure what type of animal it is. It looks cool. Oh, no, yeah. That's, uh, that's one of the characters. He's, he's pretty much in disguise. That's why he has that, that outfit. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, boy. Honestly, oh, no. I, okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, honestly, once the, the character, because I know the, color, the characters are not covered, uh, honestly, that, that should be more obvious. She's not really doing a good job about it. <laughs> that thing's actually pretty interesting. Like, uh, it's if you don't have the, uh, the resources to make, like, a photorealistic game, you can make a game look pretty. Pick a style, do something that looks unique and pretty. Like, hey, your game looks unique. Like, I never seen those assets anywhere. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Yeah, it, it also comes down to the limitations that we like. We really like to work around our limitations, and of course, doing something that we like with it. So yeah, that art style comes down of uh, limitations with 3D characters. We don't have the time or the resources to spend too much time creating overly complicated 3D characters or, or scenarios, but we had this gameplay in mind. So we adapted that, that art style into the game. So we have these 2D characters that are way easier to animate and, and create than a, than, a, than a 3D one. And we place them in this low poly paper, paper style um, game and that that really cuts a lot of the work and makes it way more possible. And yeah, was trying to work around that to make it look unique and fun. I mean, if you don't have like the, the most resources or the best access, ac the access to the best things, you can still make it look nice with the tools that you have available. Mm -hmm. I think if you don't make a very like story-driven game, you don't need to have it look super realistic. Like it could be. I mean, games like even story-driven. Like I know many story-driven games that are are not that realistic. Oh yeah. It's just adapting the art to the story you want to tell. Yeah, I think just people get caught up in making games look like God of War, Last of Us, and it's like those are great games. Those are those are awesome, but like. Yeah, and then you'll forever games. be a clone. Like yeah, you forever be a game that looks like God of War. Yeah, but it's like you don't. But with like one tenth. One hundred, one very, very small number of the budget. <laughs> yeah. So it, it will never look properly like mm -hmm. those games do. And even like triple games sometimes look terrible, like Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, sometimes those things happen and they have billions of dollars. I yeah, have way less than that. <laughs> That's in and of itself. That's just bad management. You hear the stories behind all those games. 
And the more money you have, the bigger mistakes you can afford to make, and you end up making them because of that. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like Anthem. It puts, what, yeah, seven like, years into Anthem? And it's just they oh, stopped yeah. the project entirely? Like, they don't even support it anymore? Oh, yeah, like, they, yeah. They finally stopped it? Oh, wow. I think so. Let me yeah, check. I mean, they officially, not officially, they never, they never announced it, right? They never said... I don't think they did, but I think they just, like, quietly just stopped. Like, I mean, yeah. Duke Nukem Forever was yeah. being announced, like, in 2001, 2002. <laughs> so it took 10 years to come out. Yeah. millions of dollars down the drain to make a mess. Yeah. They were into something when they named that game. Yeah, but, but with the situation of Athens, sometimes uh, when you make a mistake, sometimes the best approach is just to quickly move on to the next thing. Like, uh, as, as sad as it might seem, it might be very, the very strategy is that if something didn't work out, just try to move on to the next thing as soon as possible. Oh, yeah. Tell that to investors, though. Yeah, yeah, especially when they were promising uh, like a ten years uh, cycle game yeah. of or something around those lines. But yeah, it also it's a double-edged sword because moving moving on too quickly can really be like using Anthem for example. Uh, it's really a kick into your image. audience, yeah, an image because it, it looks like yeah you messed up the project and you're just going to leave it, just throw it away. It's even worse too. So yeah. Not sure yeah. how to crowd control that or Yeah, it's like the guys who made RuneScape, they spent like five years trying to develop a new RPG. Like five years of development. Because they wanted to do a new MMO. It it never came out. <laughs> At least they gave up after only five years. <laughs> well yeah, only five years. We yeah, only have a decade. Like, <laughs> it's only five years, you know. Oh yeah, but something something to watch out for. I mean, especially when you're like a, such a small team, uh, your your image is a lot more. It's a lot more important than you would think. It's like same thing with uh, Starship Citizen, which is a uh, one that I made in my nails on the tension on what's going to happen with that game. If everyone's oh, just God. like waiting, waiting, like are we going to just? It's not coming up for ten years. <laughs> <laughs> it looks yeah, great. Yesterday, I was watching the finals of the last season of MasterChef Canada, and something pretty similar happened. Like uh, the contestants, I'm not gonna say genders because if anyone wants to watch it, no spoilers. But the person was doing something, and like made a visual test to see if it looked nice in the plate, and it didn't. What do you do at that point? Like you're preparing months for that final. Throw it out and do something else. That's how you finish something properly instead of wasting. And like that—that's a three-hour thing, not six months, six years, ten years. So yeah, it's easier to keep going once you get to a certain point. But if you keep going forever and never deliver. You're just wasting your time. It's a balance. Sometimes you will need to know when it's better to uh, drop uh, something you're working on, not fall too much into the sunk cost fallacy. I think that's something that I want to say our people have heard. And just not not get caught up working on something just because you have spent a lot of time or money on it and just decide to spend more money on it even though it's not salvageable. So I just looked, and apparently you you can play Star Citizen. Oh, oh! Yeah. <laughs> it's well, an alpha. Uh, no. It's an alpha. It's forty five dollars, but yeah, you guess you can try it out. Okay. Finally, we waited what like many years, many years. We always find find out cool stuff during the podcast. Last time I found out that you can actually subscribe to or Origin, yeah, and actually get. <laughs> Games monthly. <laughs> you playing any new games? Uh, no, I've been playing Dota for the past fourteen years. 
I've never played it, never touched it, don't even know what it's about. But um, back to you guys. Do you feel like it's necessary for someone to go to college for game development, or can they learn through courses online? Um, not really necessary, but if you can afford it, um, I suggest it. Because um, it can save you uh, uh, a lot of time on the basics. It can give you a good, uh, well, a good basis on on how to the, the develop games because you don't want to get like knowledge from all these YouTube videos and when you arrive into the industry you don't you don't know exactly how pipelines work or okay. what exactly you're missing so it definitely helps um, but there are more affordable uh, affordable um, options like maybe community college and and, and things that as long as it's inside your range your budget it should be fine but don't chase a, a two hundred thousand debt just for one diploma or something. I would advise not to chase a diploma, but the knowledge. No, yeah, that, that goes for every area, by the way. Not mm-hmm. only development, guys. Don't get huge loans for college, please. Yeah, yeah. please. Don't go into your fifties paying your college debt. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I want you guys to flourish. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I feel with with programming, it's like learning a new language. Like uh, you need to get to that point that you can learn by yourself. Like mm. ideally, you learn the very basics from at least a very good course. There's Udemy and many other platforms with that, or university, or a paid course, and, well, anywhere, or a free course. You never know. Yeah. But the basics you need to get from somewhere because you will lose a lot of time if you try to learn the basics by watching YouTube tutorials. There are free, at least follow a line, like get a series of videos and learn the basics from that. Don't watch (laughs) how to make wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Step by step. Yeah. And it's a one of, of 200. Wow, they keep it short, they might. <laughs> it's an hour long video. No, yeah, but uh, with, that, with that said, uh, it's, programming is one of those things where uh, once you learn the one language or like the basic definition, uh, everything is just like a, a variation of that. So once you learn the one language, uh, it's a lot easier to start learning the other ones as you need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like for myself, uh, I started university, I did like three semesters. Uh, I learned basically the basics of programming, uh, some C, some Java, and that's it. I got myself a job. I realized I was wasting a ton of time and couldn't really get to my classes on time. So I quit university and kept working. Oh, uh, yeah, actual work gives you more experience. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I will, I will imagine that uh, if you needed to learn something, you have the knowledge to actually do it by yourself at that point. You, you have the capability. Yeah. yeah, when you have the basic concepts, because everything evolves from there. It's like philosophy. If you know the basics of something, you can deduce the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's very helpful for a lot of people, including myself. Now, let's see. What would you guys do differently if you had to go back and learn programming all over again and then illustration for Apollo? You can oh, okay. Uh, so, I guess uh, I've mentioned this several times, but uh, again, I can't stress how important it is. It is to uh, learn the basics and best practices before you get to in depth. Like, if you're doing a project just for fun, you're using, let's say, a program like GameMaker Studio. And you just want to make a phone because, hey, I want to see how, how, how it is. You can get started. You don't need to learn a whole language uh, or a skill for that. But if you want to get serious into game development, it's really important that you, again, you learn the uh, industry standards and best practices, and that's going to save you a lot of headaches. That's something I would have loved, loved to have learned a lot sooner when I got started with my first game. Mm-hmm. And as a, I would say, as an artist and an introvert myself, um, to throw yourself out there as much as you can, uh, share your work, 
um, see what everyone else is doing, um, not necessarily imitate or, or try to catch on to it, but to uh, again see more what's happening outside of, of like your own work. Because uh, I would get really focused on my own things, and I, I believe it would have helped me a lot more to to be more open about everyone else's work and etc. and how media, social media works and how art, places like ArtStation and things like that. Yeah, I say uh, games as any other form of art, uh, inspiration is very important. So seeing other stuff, not imitating, just reading in someone else's work can help you develop exactly. yours. Exactly, yeah. What do people get wrong when becoming a when they think about becoming a game developer what is their biases i guess about what the game industry is and what they really is oh the so I, if we're talking about like in the point of uh, i mean someone starting out uh, something that um, people might misunderstand or underestimate when they get started uh, is that how much people are going to care uh, about the project or your the game you're working on so uh, as Alex, uh, or as Ralph, I guess in my sound, uh, people are not gonna be as excited for what you're doing as yourself. So something to keep in mind is that that's something that is just going to happen, and you have to give people a reason. You have you have you have to give them a reason to care for what you're working on. You have to remember that they are other. They see you as a random person or somebody else and it's not their own project, try to put yourself into their shoes and see, hey, will I find my, my project interesting if I was this person? And that's going to help you a lot to, that, that if you will take that approach, it will help you a lot to put into perspective what you should do to better show people and get them interested in what, you, what you're doing. I could also add that maybe uh, um you will never have an, a formula from day one for a new game that you're working on. Yeah, I would say that. Um, usually, uh, it tends to look like the development of a, of a game is very straightforward. Like you sketch an idea, uh, you try it, it works, and move on, and it's done. No, it, there's a lot of um, like iterations and going back and forth, back and forth, just to testing the game, seeing the gameplay, making sure that the artwork works. Um, programming, bug fixing, gameplay, being fluid, etc. And it's a very um, complex uh, process, way more than it, than it looks on the outside. Um, what else? Um, what else? I was going to say. Um, yeah, I think that's a that's a good way a good way to put it. Now, what strange habits you guys have when working? Like what's what's something you do that makes you more productive than nobody else really does? Well, mine, uh, it's uh, I guess it's pretty strange. I would say that I like to watch uh, crappy horror movies while I'm <laughs> while I'm working. <laughs> yep, it's it's because I don't have to pay attention to what's going on, and when there's something uh, something uh, like shocking going on, I can just look there and. Okay, it happens, and I go back to work, and it's like a, it's like white noise behind it. It just keeps me distracted. It works. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. I never heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> my my, um, I don't know how common or common this one is. My, usually, what I do is that when I need to think about something, I just walk back and forth from my uh, room to the kitchen. Uh, over and over again while I think, while I just grab something to play with, either a coin or something I can juggle with. Um, I don't know, it just helps me doing something, uh, helps me to get my thoughts going. Yeah, he walks a lot in the room. It's, it's weird. I probably look at him sleepwalking or in a trance or something while I'm doing that. But it helps. Hey, if it helps, it helps. That's all that matters. Yeah. I just try not to do it in public, and I'll be all fine. <laughs> hey, then you call it exercise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good, that's good. <laughs> I should go outside while thinking. So when do you guys plan to release uh, the game, or is that still uh, in, in decision mode? Yeah, it, I would say it's still in decision, but we're currently working on a, 
on a demo for the game because we want people to uh, have a taste of what the game is going to be first. Mm -hmm. And since the, the, the main game is going to be uh, fairly big, we don't want to, I mean, for our, for our two team group, it's going to be fairly fairly demanding. We want to have a demo first so people will have an idea of what's going on and see how they receive it, if they want to send a support or anything, it's everything's open. But um, for the demo, we are planning to release it, to have it released for next year. Okay. Not not a specific uh, season for it, but yeah, next year. Uh, sure. Next year, so in, in two weeks? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Hey. But yeah, let me know and I'll... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let me know and I hope get it like uh, out there. Oh, no, perfect. No. Yeah, no problem. I got you guys. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do a little game dev TV challenge because usually at the end of the courses, there's a challenge for people to do. They'll pause the video. So after this podcast, we want them to take action. And so for you guys, you can give a challenge. It could be anything. It could be simple as like check out your stuff, or it could be something complicated like. I don't know, come up with some kind of like new game feature, but can you give us a challenge? Or and you could feed, feed a flesh that drives your dog, maybe? Yeah, yeah, maybe feed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to either destroy come up your with source someone. code. <laughs> yeah. You could take a couple seconds to come up with like a small challenge that they can do. Or give you one or two challenges up to you guys. Oh, yeah, I, I think I, we we have one uh, offset. Um, I would say to uh, think of the worst mechanic on a game that you can implement. Uh, yeah, think of the worst mechanic that you can uh, implement on a game. For example, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, me, uh, yeah one, of, one that I thought it was funny was uh, having a health bar that feels the more damage you take, you you lose when the health bar goes all the way full. Yeah, it's just, it just something like that. It could be as simple, uh, just a little nitpick or as annoying as you want it to make it. And if you want, if you want to share us with us in or any of our in Twitter, or even if it's on Instagram, uh, feel free. I mean, we would love to hear those comments. We just want to see what people come up with. It's, I don't know if your character, your character explodes if you run too far. At least that's one, that's <laughs> one game that there's some mod in uh, Mario 64 that <laughs> the character explodes if you run so oh <laughs> it's like goodness. you're going with nitro flies in, in it. <laughs> that's interesting though I like it so think of the worst game mechanic and put it in not the best that's interesting I like it yeah I think I think it's uh, it's a lot easier to learn from thing to learn and identify what's bad or wrong with something than to see what's good mm-hmm also, you could take that worst mechanic and make it amazing for whatever you're doing. You never yeah. know. Yeah. the only yeah. way. Yeah, I have a constraint for the challenge. Uh, doesn't count if it's a mechanic from the Atari game for ET. So it can be anything else. But ET on Atari. Can't. Is that supposed to be the worst game ever? Yeah. <laughs> the one that actually crashed the video game industry. Yeah, that one. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, that single game just did so much damage like at that point. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> you never knew that. There we go. Don't you know there. of the legend? Yeah, no. Uh... Well... <laughs> I'll send you a movie for you to watch. It. I was like the Ragnarok video game. Ragnarok video games. That could be a game itself. All right. Here we go. New game. <laughs> But yeah, awesome. So um, it was awesome having you guys on. This was so much fun. I'm oh, excited for the game to come out. And I'll definitely put the uh, your website and your social media links in the description. And uh, we just want to hand a mic to you. And uh, if you want to do any shout-outs, uh, inspiration, anything you want to leave for the fans, game to the TV students, the mic is all yours. And thank you for coming oh. up. Okay, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to the indie video game meetings that we have in meetup.com. Uh, those are hosted by Alisa. Um, wow, I don't have her last name right now, but that one should be very easy to find in meetup.com. I want to give a shout-out to her. I think she, she does a really good uh, job, uh, along with Kevin. Uh, they managed to keep uh, a group going there for um, indie developers that need inspiration or just want to meet up with other people. And I think it's a, that's a great, a great one. 
No, if you wanna if you wanna join the meetings, uh, they happen every other Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. and you're in the area. We invite you to to come here. It, it's really fun. With there's a, we usually have something to talk about. Uh, yeah, we always have something to talk about. And you can present all your the game, and people can give you their opinion. And everyone's really supportive there. Yeah. <laughs> that was a car alarm, right? I thought that was easy oh, for yeah. a second. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. 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 i am Thank you guys for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you very much. It was very fun. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at courses.gamedev.tv slash courses or in the show notes with a 10% discount. Get started with your game development journey today.